Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Alright, crowdfunders, how are all of you doing? Hopefully you guys are doing well. It is a nice, hot, late June afternoon, we are full bore into summer here uh, in the Detroit area. And uh, yeah, we haven't done an episode in a little while. So I'm excited about um, kind of talking to you, giving you guys some updates. And uh, we've got a really great episode. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking to Chris Ann Donnelly from the Kickstarter campaign, The Light Sears Tarot. So she's made a couple of new tarot decks. Um, and they're awesome. They have completely taken off. She's, her campaign's only a few days old. And uh, she's just under $50,000 uh, on a $15,000 goal. So tons of people are into this. Uh, I didn't know basically anything about tarot decks um, or cards before uh, this conversation. So it was r- I went into it basically raw. I had no idea. And uh, it was a great conversation to, uh, to kind of get an understanding of it and to really see how this can impact and help your personal life and business. So I think you're going to find a ton of great information, not only on how to launch a successful Kickstarter for something like this, for this type of product, but also just what this product could do for you in your life. So this interview is going to be awesome. So uh, just stay tuned in a little bit here, and we're going to be uh, chatting about that. So what else has been going on? Well, we've got a lot of projects going on around here. We're spinning a bunch of plates. It's uh, it's exciting. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's also really kind of an intense time. We're um, I'll just give you some insights. We're we're really working on on the financial structuring of Woodshed right now, trying to really understand how money comes and goes. And, you know, this isn't the do or die conversation, nothing like that. I'm just kind of talking about it out loud because I think this would be good information for anybody out there running a business. You know, you, you kind of have to, you know, juke and jive for a little while, but at some point you got to kind of really figure out actual flow and system. And we're in that point right now. You know, we're in year three of this company um, titled Woodshed. Obviously we had GBS, but right now we're in Woodshed. And we're in that point where we're really trying to understand, you know, the ebb and flows of cash flow. And boy, it is an up and down battle because you've got, uh, on our end particularly, we have a couple of major things, and we'll go through them. We have all the tools we use to keep the machine flowing, right? And those are all usually like monthly. I usually do a lot of monthly tools, which cost a little bit more, but I have the ability to shut them off. So so those payments are coming out randomly, right, throughout the month. So we, we try to get those sort of organized. It would be awesome if I could tell all of them to come out on a certain day, but that's not an option. The second big thing we have then is Facebook ads, right? So we are usually running a lot of Facebook ads or Google ads. So we have that income coming in and out. So that's a whole nother sort of category of, uh, of cash flow. Uh, and then the third one is, you know, actually just paying our, ourselves, you know, the employees, you know, we have to eat. And then the fourth one is actually paying kind of the, the, the outer rim team of people who do stuff. So those are four big plates to be spinning, and what we're what we're working on right now is is finding some sort of system, either through credit cards or your checking account to, I wouldn't say automate, but at least be able to balance that better. Uh, it's challenging, right? You've got people paying invoices on different time. You've got all these expenses going out at different times, and you're it's a it's a full full court press here. And then you have, uh, you know, expenses that you weren't expecting. Hey, we want to do this, um, 
you know, we need to do this, this thing, whatever we, we, we shot a birthday party the other day and we had some extra expenses, right? So it's like, all right, well, we need to do that. So really trying to get a grasp on this. And I think this is just, again, for a lot of businesses, something that you don't really think about. I, you know, there's very few little courses on this. Um, you know, there's no like 101 how to's out there to really kind of wrap your head around it. Um, you know, and then obviously then being an agency, I think any agency, you basically are running, you know, sort of razor thin profit margins. It's not like it's like a major for profit type of adventure. So then you've got that on top of it. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to this. So um, we're in that sort of function right now. We, we, we actually just put a, I think we're going to do like a 60 day challenge for ourselves of like really super micromanaging every dime and every penny that goes out of our business and comes into our business and then stand back on it and, and kind of extrapolate and see what does that look like over the course of over the few months. So not really exciting stuff, but stuff that we're working on here. And I thought I'd share that with you right now. Um, other things. So today's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mama Bear. Cookie is, I think, 63. I'm not a very good son. I don't know. So I'm going to head out here. I'm going to make uh, for dinner tonight, I think I'm going to make a zucchini meatball uh, dish, a baked zucchini meatball dish. So I'm going to scrape out some the middle of the zucchinis. I'm going to make some meatballs, and uh, fake meatballs, fake, fake, fake meatballs, I should say. Put a little mozzarella on it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock that out as a little dish, maybe some nice bread, and I'm going to try to make my parents eat it um, because it'll be he- fairly healthy. You know, it won't have a, a lot of carbs and stuff. So we'll see what happens. I know my dad will freak out and we'll have, probably have to go up and get him a Subway sub, but hey, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Uh, what else is going on here? Well, we're in the, you know, we've just started summer, so the kids are around quite a bit right now. We're, uh, my son's at a camp. My daughter was at a camp last week. Um, but we're in that flux too right now of like a bunch of plates spinning in terms of, you know, where are our kids going? They're home a lot. We're trying to, you know, we, we still have to do our work. So there's just a lot right now, a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I hope it, it, it kind of, kind of cruises down a little bit. You know, we start getting in the groove, which should probably happen in the next few weeks here. So we'll, we'll, we'll finally find that summer groove and then we'll shake it back up when fall gets here and both the kids go back to school. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. All right, so I need you guys to do a couple things for me. Number one, here's what I can do for you. Go over to iTunes right now and subscribe to Successfully Funded. You know, I'm going to be putting these episodes out a lot. Subscribe, learn about what we're working on over here, learn about, you know, what's going on with Kickstarters and project creators, um, you know, and, and then leave a review, right? If you like it, leave a review because, you know, those are important in terms of the world of, uh, of podcasts and iTunes. So do that for me. You know, since you're there, you might as well look to the right of, of if you search Successfully Funded and see Gawker Backer. That's my other podcast. You might as well subscribe to that, too, if you're there. Um, so Gawker Backer is a little bit more of an impromptu uh, podcast. Uh, it's not as structured or thought of. It's a little bit more like, hey, let's see what happens. Um, but there we talk about all kinds of stuff from uh, motivation to entrepreneurship to small businesses to uh, Kickstarters that I'm just kind of watching from afar. So a lot of stuff over there. So go, go subscribe there. And then obviously go over to woodshed.agency, our website, and hit the chat button at the bottom right corner, and you will be chatting with me. I'd love to hear what you're working on. And last but not least, if you are a subscriber to anchor.fm. Go get that app right now and leave me a voicemail and I'd love to have you on an episode of Gawker Backer. So those are some things you can do for me. But um, all right, till then, why don't we go ahead and kick into my conversation with Chris Ann and let's go talk about tarot decks and uh, let's learn some stuff, right? Let's uh, let's let's talk about um, talk about tarot. Here we go. Holding in our hate can only be- 
doing a quick sound check though. Um, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh my goodness. I did not eat enough this morning. I had a soy milk okay. <laughs> and a handful of cereal because I am kind of in overwhelm right now with my times. Yeah. Okay. All right. What kind of cereal was it? You know, fruity pebbles or did you go? No. <laughs> it's actually some sort of cashew, some sort of, I'm, su- I'm super granola. It was like some sort of organic cornflake thing. All right. We eat a lot of that around here. Uh, <laughs> One wins away. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good here. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about what you're raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter right now? Sure. I have a, actually I have two tarot decks that I've created over the last 11 months. Uh, They're not totally finished yet. So I'm in the process of creating two decks and maybe I, I imagine your listeners may say tarot, my goodness, like (laughs) what is that? Or, you know, there's, there's often a lot of weird feelings that can come up when people hear that word. And so what I've done is I've sort of taken tarot and made it, I really want to share the positive aspect of it and the motivational aspect of it and the digging into your life aspect of it versus this sort of predictive fortune telling side of it. Right, right, right. So that's what I, so I'm launching those two decks, sibling decks and uh, yeah, it's, kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So I, I'm somebody that, um, I, I know very little, uh, about, uh, decks or tarot decks. What does that mean? Like, like put that up for a layman, <laughs> explain it to me here and maybe other people will get it as well. Like, what does that cool. mean? So there, the world of tarot is, it's just, and I'm going to try and do it justice because it is, it has so much history and there's so many different ideas around what it is. So I can definitely give you my, I'm going to give you my perspective, okay. but I kind of put that up before we start. Right. Um, tarot is sort of like a card set where there are 78 cards mm-hmm. and the 78 cards, they are set cards, kind of like in a regular deck, you'd have the four suits and you would have the, you know, you'd have the Joker and you'd have the aces. Right. Tarot's very much the same where there's a structure to it. Okay. And in that structure, they, um, there are, so many different scholars and so many different uh, years and years and years of learning and using these tools to understand more about a situation. So people will pull cards. They'd ask a question. You could, you could ask um, some people use it as a predictive tool where you may ask, you know, what's, what's going to happen. I tend to use it more as a, what do I need to know about a specific situation or a specific problem that I'm coming up against? And you pull a card and the cards are all based on these beautiful archetypes. So they're human archetypes. They're the archetypes of the human condition. Mm. You know, the stories that we all know, falling in love, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, um, loss, happiness, joy, relationships. And so the archetypes are built around these very human elements. And they tell stories, if you will, in a way. You see mm. the images. And so then when you pull a card and you see a card, you just sort of you'll get an intuitive hit on what that image means for you and your situation. Hmm. So I fully think that we can all do this. It's not that yeah. this is in the realm of the clairvoyance or the psychics. Right. Tarot is, uh, is something, the more you use it, the better you get at it. Hmm. And I actually come to the world of tarot from a very, like a super traditional background, conventional, I would say more than a lot of tarot readers where 
my first, or a lot of tarot creators, my first deck was an Oracle deck for business. Hmm. So those two worlds generally don't yeah. collide. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't think so, but um, no. <laughs> I'm intrigued. So that was your first deck that you said you made? Yeah. So okay. I did a Kickstarter two years ago and that was successfully funded. And it was an Oracle deck for business. Oracle's a little bit different than tarot in that Oracle decks, they're very much the same where it's like a card deck and you shuffle and you ask a question and you pull and you're kind of led to the right card. Okay. And then you interpret the card. So in that sense, they're very much the same. Whereas the world of Oracle is much more open. It's not this standard structure with the four suits and the major arcana and the minors. There's, there's mm. a, the, the creator can do as many cards as they want. It's very open and they can make whatever meanings they want. Hmm. So I started out there and then Two years later, I'm working on these projects that are very much, Tarot's a, bit, a bigger project to take on. Because sure. I could do a 40-card deck and you have, you know, there's there's 78 cards in each deck. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people add extra. And there are meanings that are so nuanced and layered and understood by hundreds of thousands of people. So you want to make sure that you're doing their understanding of the cards justice while you layer on your own meaning. So is it, is it something that are you creating every single aspect of these decks from scratch or are you playing off of other things that have been created and putting your own like um, thought to it or your own idea behind it? Uh, What's that process like? Oh, so there's definitely, they're not from scratch. I mean, mm. it, it's been around. I, I, I'm not a historian, so I'm not exactly sure. I would, I wish that I knew in this moment exactly yeah. when it was invented. Um, I don't. Maybe I'll have to add that as a link or something. I'll give it to you. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's a world that existed long before you and I were here. Right, so right. we are, I mean, everything that I'm creating is based on traditional archetypes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the movies, I'm sure that, you know, in, it's often in in the mysterious, mystical kind of, sci, you know, horror or sci-fi or, you know, in these sorts of... Right. Tarot is always brought into pop culture in ways that sort of... Um, I mean, it's very counterculture. It's often the bad guys. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, that's... that's uh, it, it's... I don't know if it's wrong to say, but those are my stereotypes of like, all right, well, I, I want to do an interview on this. What, what, what's in my brain? And like yeah. the only things that go in my brain are stuff I've seen in movies and it's, there's, you know, or it's it, it, like the counterculture or hippies or whatever you want, whatever stereotype you want to put into it, it just kind of goes <laughs> over this box. And I guess I've never been over there. So I'm like, ah, I don't know what, a, we'll see what happens here on the interview. We'll go with it. But uh, it, it's intriguing to me because I, on Kickstarter, I see these worlds growing and I, and I wonder if it's about, because there is a little bit of a, um, a story element. So that's why you're seeing board games doing so well. And Mm -hmm. I think people are also looking for more things to get involved in that unplug from the world, right? Unplug from uh, their phone, their computer. Mm -hmm. And this seems like this is another element of that. And I'm wondering if that's why you're seeing this influx of tarot cards and decks and stuff like that on Kickstarter right now. So I don't know. That's that's I would say there's, there's a lot of, I would say there's tons of reasons. I think part of it is that people are, you know, with the onset of onset, it's like, it's this new thing and it's not with the popularity of things like um, Reiki and energy healing and mindfulness mm-hmm. and mindfulness kind of moving into the medical model. I think we see um, people searching for ways to understand themselves better. Yeah, And so that 
you're right for sure in that it's that unplugging aspect. When you unplug, well, what do you do? You're looking for ways to connect with the world, with your relationships, with yourself. Yep. Right? So, and, and do you think that that's also becoming, there's less stigma to it? And I mean, I'm noticing it from... It's, it's open. Hey, I talk about therapy. We talk about this mindfulness. We talk about what we eat now, where I think if you really look back 10 years ago, a lot of that stuff was still hidden. And I don't know Absolutely. why. Like we're, it's like we're, we're human beings. Why are we not talking about some of this stuff? So there's definitely, I feel like there's been a major, major switch in that too recently. I would totally agree. We're more open. And I, I you know, I, it's amazing to see. I can tell you that I've been into tarot for a really long time. And, you know, like my 16 year old self in high school had to keep it hidden Mm -hmm. for a really long time because I did feel a certain sense of, um, there was a lot of judgment and a lot of fear around it. And a lot of people who was, they would put me in a box right away. I mean, I come from, uh, I have marketing and, uh, more strategic conventional business background. And I couldn't talk about that stuff because people would automatically discount all of the good strategy, I would right. say. So it was yeah. just like something that I kept totally hidden from yeah. the world unless they were really in my like circle of trust. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, so where, I mean, you mentioned that this is your second deck, but where was the... Um, Sort of the idea, though, or the the the, the sketch on the, the napkin, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build my own, I, you know, where was that kind of origin story? What, what, why, why, why jump into this? Oh, well, you know what? It has to, it has to start with the first Kickstarter. It's not, you know, the, or for sure, I was doing a lot of brand strategy sessions with people and a lot of uh, marketing one-on-one consultations and trying to get people to move ahead in their business. Mm-hmm. Really, this is where it comes from. You know, this was prior to 2015. And I noticed the same thing after doing that for 10 years, I started to see that there were people that I could tell right away that they were going to do really well because of their mindset, because of their attitude and other people that I thought, okay, they need more help than me. Like, it doesn't matter. I could give them the best strategy in the world. Their mindset is not aligned with it. It's not where they need to be in order to, um, get, you know, they're not, they have to be comfortable with a certain amount of risk. So how do we get there? They have to, you know, there's certain things that you just have to, I started to see patterns. And so with longer term clients, I began to pull Oracle cards because Oracle cards are like soft tarot cards. They're like a little, they're there's no death card and there's no, you know, there's no, they don't have those scary cards. Sure. So I started to pull Oracle cards with clients who were comfortable with it as a way to get them to say out loud what they needed to do. Hmm. So it became almost like a weird sort of brand and design therapy. Interesting. <laughs> I, I am I, as intrigued as can possibly be because everything you just said is what I deal with with clients where there's some people that have hired me and I'm, and, uh, I try not to stereotype them, but I, I can tell this is never going to work. Yeah. You do not have anything lined up outside of no matter what I do. If I did the greatest strategy on the planet, I, I created the got milk campaign for you. You would still sabotage it and kill it right away. What do you want me to do? You know? So it's, that is, that is a major headache here where, I, I, my, my wife could attest to this. She'll probably walk by in a second, but she, she is all, I, I, I struggle with that where I'm like, I, I, what am I, well, I had one therapist tell me that I, I'm, I'm, compl- I'm very centered in, in reading the rooms or reading people's energies and vibes. 
and uh and 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 i i it's i don't talk about it much but like i'm like yeah i can tell almost instantly with people whether it's going to work or not and very rarely am i wrong you know and it's not me being cocky or oh any of that it's just like no i can tell your energy man right away it's just not going to work. And then there's some people I'm like, this is going to be gold. We're going to be best friends forever. Exactly. Exactly. So it sort of started out there. And I thought I started looking, I looked for years for a deck that I could use in those sessions that made sense for business. That wasn't quite as out there as woo woo as uh, because I wanted to bring more people into that because I saw that there was, uh, I mean, just once they started using that tool and we were able to identify the other things in their life that they needed to get in place before they could get this to like take off. Right. Um, I just saw so much positive change and business is growing a lot quicker and people taking, you know, the good kind of risk where they're going to get up in front of an audience and talk. It was right. mostly the kind of self-expression, uh, do what you really want to do. Don't build the product that, only because you think that's what they want. What is it that you really in your heart want to do that you're going to be passionate about for 10 years? So it was all of those sorts of questions that, that we started to tackle and get clear on when we were pulling cards. It was almost like the cards give people permission to, to be honest Yeah, because it's not me. So there are people who are intuitive and I'm not not going to say that, you know, there's no inch, you know, everybody can work their intuition Mm -hmm. for sure. But in the sessions, I found that it's much more the the person that's the reason it works is because, I mean, whatever I say, you're going to take it and interpret it in your minds and it's going to connect to some memory that you have. You're doing the work on the connection. Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing. I could not find a deck that works. So I thought I'm going to create this deck. And I thought Kickstarter was the perfect solution for that because number one, I didn't want to spend, it was, I think, 12,000 us I needed to put out in order to get my first, you know, professionally done commercial printing overseas done. And, um, and I also wanted to know, am I the only crazy person that thinks this is a good idea? (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. (laughs) So it was great market research. (laughs) So I guess what goes into creating a deck? What is, what's step one out of the gate? Is it artwork? Is it the, is it the copy, the narrative? What, what, what starts happening outside of after you make, Hey, I'm going to build this. Now what? Uh, well, the, with the first deck, it was definitely uh, the imagery and that was just more word based. It was very, so the first one is a little different with the next two, the two that are kickstarting right now. I, I can't even tell you how crazy the process has been. Nothing like my strategic mind would like it to be. (laughs) (laughs) I began the first deck sort of as a, an exploration because the first deck that's kickstarting right now, there's one called the light seers and there's one called the muse tarot. Let's talk about them that way. Cause first, second and third are going to get really confusing. The light seers is the one that I began to draw last July because there was some with any sort of success visibility, you start to have people who absolutely love your project. And of course, there's other people that are like, oh, you know what? It's not, I, I don't like this about it. Yeah. So I actually began the Lightseer's Tarot as a way to explore some of the uh, different ideas that I was hearing. And it was like one out of a thousand comments, right? If this is like one of the the things where we focus so much on that negative <laughs> comment where, oh, it's, it's so motivational was the thing. She's too happy. Her deck is too happy. It's too motivational. So I thought, okay, I'd like to explore a deck that really weighs that, that has this beautiful, 
um, shadow and light aspect to it. Mm. So I began to, what would a deck like that look like? Because I believe that there's both that shadow and light and everything, but from the perspective of, yeah, you, you can't see the stars without the dark kind of perspective where right. you need it to yep. do the deep dive. Am I making sense? Yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I, no I, I, I'm all about yin and yang. I think there's always a, a positive and a negative to every single thing we do. There's yes. no matter what we do, I can probably you know flip it and there's a, there's a, or a cause and effect. Something else has happened because I don't know. We're yes. talking right now. There might be something that we don't know about that happens years from now. Who knows? I don't know. Exactly. So, so it was this sort of, um, look at what are the, some of the traditional archetypes? Let's bring them to 2018 where people, we don't think the same as people did in the dark ages, you know, and a lot of these archetypes come out of those times. And so what do the archetypes look like for today? And I'm not, there are other people who have tackled this. There are there are so many tarot decks out there. So I'm not the, I'm not the first person to, to look at this because it's such a traditional aspect of the tarot, but I wanted it to be a deck that really looked at light from the perspective of today's contemporary light worker, like somebody who is doing good in the world, healing, somebody who sees their art as healing, someone who sees their poetry as healing. Right. Um, and so what would that sort of deck look like? So I'm so grateful for those comments that I read <laughs> because they spurned on a whole new deck. Sure. And I was about uh, three months into the project and I had this whole, this crazy idea for a second deck. You're not supposed to do this as a creator, as an artist. I'm sure you know you have to start and finish stuff <laughs> yeah, or else you're yeah. just kind of like a, a bird looking at shiny things and never finishing anything. So I had this idea for a second deck. It came on like a, it was like a wave that swept everything in my life out of the way. It was, I haven't been this inspired that I can remember. And I pushed it off for about a month. Like, I can't do this. I'm working on this. I've started this and I invested in this. And uh, it got to the point where I started to dream about it. And I started to have um, poetry because I, I, you know, just all of this creative expression come up around this second deck. And so around December-ish, I said, okay, I'm going to start doing the images. And so this second deck kind of overtook everything and happened really, really quickly in the middle of the the other creation. <laughs> right. I'm about 95% done that deck now. And then I went back to the other one and I thought, okay, I need to kickstart these because here I am having almost 11 months of my life into this work yeah. and I haven't made any money back on it yet. It's time for me to, you know, it's, it's time to, yeah, to let it go. See what yes. happens. Right. Yes. That's great. And that was scary. It was actually scarier to do it that way because I already, I felt like I already took a lot of risk mm. by putting so much time into it up front. Right. But I, th I think that's one of the, um, I don't know about the struggle. Well, it might be one of those biggest struggles a lot of creators have is, is really putting that out there and putting that, um, uh, that project in front of, uh, of, of Kickstarters, the community and getting yeah. that feedback, getting, you know, you don't know what's going to come back. People could have also not backed it. Right. And sure. now you're like, Oh, I thought it was going to go big. And that happens. There's a ton of failed campaigns, but, um, but you had to have had some sense though, that what you were working on, it's good. I mean, I mean, the artwork looks great. Everything looks amazing. The page is built out really well. So you had to have some sense that Thank you. Eh, the, the world's going to want this. this is I have been, so I have been for the, since I started, I, 
I taught a a course in um, something that's called Tarot Summer School. It's this lady, Ethany, in Vancouver, and she does this Tarot Summer School every year. And last summer, I taught a course on how to do your, how to create your own Oracle and Tarot deck. Because of my design and branding background, I had all of the printing mm-hmm. understanding. And so I really, I taught this course. And out of that course is sort of when I started reading those comments and I started creating this other deck. Yeah. And since then, I've been sharing my progress on Instagram. Mm. So I have been doing, you know, as the cards, as some cards come up, I'll put it on my Instagram feed. I've been putting it in my stories and I've been, so as far as understanding that the community was ready and when the time, you know, cause timing is so important, yeah. you know, cause you can have, I've seen gorgeous, gorgeous decks that I will look at in awe and they don't get funded. And I'm like, ah, it's <laughs> so much better than I could ever create. Right. This needs to be funded, but you know that behind the scenes they haven't done any list building or any marketing yeah. or they haven't they haven't connected with the community. So I just I have spent a year sharing this kind of like it's not that I've been teasing it, I've just been really open about my process. Right. And um also asking people for advice. So for uh probably once every two weeks. I would put out a new card, mostly in stories, not necessarily in my feed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, just asking people, what do you prefer? Do you prefer this or that? Because whenever I would get stuck in my in my my concepts for an idea, I put it out to the community. And so that back and forth and that feedback, I mean, it serves two things. It's 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 amazing for understanding the market and understanding what they want, but of course, it also allows people to participate and become a part of this thing that the community builds together. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions uh, or advice on how to get to that level of vulnerability? Because what you're describing is what we try to tell every one of our clients. We try to say to them, just be open. And they come back, what if they steal my idea? And it's just like, Oh yeah. I give you the woo on yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it's so important that people are open about this process and letting their flaws show through. Like, um, you know, we get stuck quite a bit in the perfect post scenario. Like we have to make the perfect Facebook post today. And I tell people it's going to disappear. Nobody's going to number one, nobody's going to see it unless I pay for it. And then it's going to disappear why are we spending three hours on a Facebook post today? You know, but it's just like, and that's what they've, I don't know. They, especially if they're a little bit older and they've run other businesses, they're just stuck in the perfect thing. And it just doesn't exist in this world where, and everything you're talking about is what we try to tell people. Like you get so much benefit out of sharing and you might've went down paths. You weren't, you wouldn't have expected and all that sort of stuff. So how did you get to that point of vulnerability that you would be open to show, an early version of something that might not be the finished product. So I, um, I had an, a conventional business before. And when I knew I was ready to shift it, I opened up a Instagram that was not connected to anyone in my life. <laughs> that was, for, I think that was in 2013 yeah. when the kind of, yeah. Um, when things were newer in Instagram, the communities yeah. were much smaller. And so I began to just explore, this was really a whole journey of self-expression for me, explore who I am, what I really want to do. And so not everyone is going to do that for a brand new product, for right. sure. I get that. But it was amazingly freeing to be able to show up as me and to say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I love. This is what I'm building and not worry about what anyone else thought. And in that um, 
that, you know, it was probably six months before my husband was like, I'm connecting your name. And he just kind of went, made an oops post. I'm going to put oops <laughs> in quotes because I know he tagged me. And then he was like, oops, I tagged you. you know? <laughs> um, it was, it was, and I, but I probably had three months before he even knew because it had to be me. I was so tired of that. I was just so tired of, of being so worried about what everyone else thought. And it is, it's paralyzing as a business owner. You are so thinking about the other person more. You lose your passion and your momentum in a project when you're so busy, worried about all of that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I decided I would just, I learned so much from that exercise that I decided, okay, I'm going to build my business this way. And um, so then it becomes an exercise in sharing. It's almost, it's super lean. I know if you, I'm sure that you're, you know, when you talk to people about, you know, growing a business and all, with the lean mentality, mm-hmm. it is so lean because you put it out and right away you get instant feedback. You can yep. see how many likes, you can see how many hearts, you can see how many comments, post is ignored. You're like, okay, what was different about that? So you yep. learn, it's like light speed launching. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I mean, this is something that, do I have this here with me? I do. We did, uh, my whole business is sort of based on this cards and using your intuition and your heart and, and, but in incorporating some of these, these ideas. So recently we did a course, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'll show you for the people who will see it on video where we did these cards and there's, they're prompt cards. So they're specifically for, um, what is a social media prompt that I can use today? That's going to share something about me that maybe is going to open up my brand story. That's going to open up our back end behind the scenes. It's going to open up all those things that actually really interest people. Yeah. That's fascinating. Then you're not being salesy. Right. Right. Wow. That's great. So there's, you know, there's all sorts of, I say go with the techniques for this stuff for sure. Um, I do want to, you, you said something really interesting about. That's um, all I do. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No, but you said, um, Gosh, you just, I think I just, no, I'm not going to lose it. You asked about, about not being afraid of people stealing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that for me is a huge, there is a mindset shift that you can do around that where, and this is so woo-woo, but I, I feel so compelled to share it because when you live your life and we have these two ideas, one is um, an abundant mentality and one is a scarcity mentality, mm-hmm. right? And those two things are totally opposed. And when you live your life, in the abundance mentality, you're constantly seeing it, looking for it. And when you live your life in that scarcity mentality of they're not going to, they're going to steal it, then you're not going to share it and you're not going to find the abundance. It's like you're, you're, it's like a self-fulfilled prophecy that you create when you live so much in scarcity that you're afraid to put things out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We call it, shooting, <laughs> we call it shooting people. We, we watch people just shoot themselves in the foot. It's like, yes, yes, what exactly. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> so uh, where'd you grow up? So, uh, I'm in Canada. I'm just North of Toronto. Okay. And I All am right. from a, a pretty, you know, like it's like the, we're like half an hour north of the city. <laughs> okay. All right. What'd your parents do growing up? Um, my mom was a teacher and my dad was an auditor for the government. <laughs> so where, where does building decks and marketing and art and all, where does this start to kind of come together and form into who you are now? Yeah, that's a good question. I've never been asked that question. That's so cool. My mom is artistic. She retired to be an artist. So my mom was always amazing at um, allowing us to 
kind of do our thing. And I mean, we had like giant rolls of paper in the house when we were kids and we would draw all over them. So my mom was always very good to help us grow those, that side of us, that skill set. Mm-hmm. They were also really good. And I have to, gosh, I am so thankful for this. They were amazing at letting, I say us, my brother and I, to choose our own path in life. Mm. You no, know, I was, I was a smart kid and I'm sure that it was difficult for them when I didn't want to do medicine or law or, you know, all of those sort of traditional right, things. Right, right. And I went into graphic design and, but they were so supportive of those, you know, of those choices. I took a year off to go snowboarding in Whistler. I mean, they were just awesome with that kind yeah. of, they always supported my dream. And I think that <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, no, but it makes all the difference in the world as far as like, believing that things are possible. Not that I didn't have my own set of issues and I had to push through all of that self-belief anyways, but it mm-hmm. was, it, they've definitely planted the seed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's really great. So what kind of do you do in a daily practice just to kind of keep yourself grounded, especially when you're running a Kickstarter campaign and the busyness of it? Are there any tips or techniques that you have just to stay one on top of all the communication that's probably happening right now, mm-hmm. getting random emails from guys like me and, and responding. So how, <laughs> how are you doing that? Are there, like like I said, tips or techniques that you could tell people to to focus on? Gosh, so I I do have um a, like a very, I, I keep some time in the morning open no matter what. And I never, so anything that has to be done, the have to be, have to be, have to be done. So I tend to do them and I have a small window for those. Those are like between 11 and two (laughs) (laughs) because the rest of my day, and this is not just during Kickstarter, it's because the rest of the day, there's that at the end of the day, there's always those things that you don't finish or that, um, that are unexpected. And the beginning of the day, my time in the morning is so sacred time. You know, I have to sort of tune in what am I doing today? Get my head on, get my list, you know, make sure that it's kind of quiet. Uh, If I, if I can fit it into the day, I'll meditate, even if it's 10 minutes, all those things just to um, remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. And because if not, you know, you wake up, open your eyes and you've got a thousand emails and it's like, you can, you can put yourself into panic mode and all that (laughs) stress and I mean, it's not that it's not that it doesn't happen. Definitely during a campaign, it is super fast, right? Mm-hmm. You think you've got 30 days or however long you make your campaign for, and you, you're on for those 30 days. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no way of describing it to people when they're like, oh, no, I'm prepared. I'm busy. Or I got this. And it's just like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like you have no idea. And I don't know why. And I don't have any other way to describe it. I don't have anything that they can do to like prepare for it. I'm just like, just plan on being, <laughs> you're going to yeah. be annoyed with me at some point when I tell you, you have to do this today. I have to do this today. It's, yeah. It's like, yep. Gotta do that. So it's, a it lot. Is, it's, it's crazy. Right. And yeah. I, nobody told me that the first time I went through it. And actually this time I did a lot more prep going into mm. it. So I had some, um, I had some like emails built out. And so I was kind of more prepared, but I've actually, I did, I mean, I feel like there was this uh, surge of success out of the gates, which was amazing. And I haven't actually in the last two days, it's crazy. I haven't done any marketing or any outreach about it at all Mm. because I had something happen with my shipping from my first Kickstarter project. And I have like 600 boxes that I need to deal with here today. So I'm Mm. like, okay, you know what? It's just going to I'm, I have a little bit of a, uh, 
you know, I'm in a little bit of overwhelm, but at the same time, it's like, well, this is what I asked for. Right. You know, yeah. 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 it's, it's so, way worse actually on the other side of yeah. not having any, uh, any orders or backers or anything to do. It's worse yeah. on that side. Well, let's break down a little bit more on this Kickstarter. So right now, I mean, we're talking very early in your campaign. You still have 30 days to go. You had, uh, I'm in US dollars, so you're just over 15K and you're already just under $50,000 with 638 backers. So a lot of eyeballs and a lot of backers, which is awesome. What was kind of, obviously you've already done the first campaign, but for this campaign particularly, and you mentioned some of the pre-stuff that you're working on, what what was sort of the strategy that you were putting together before you launched? Like, like was there any metrics you were looking at? What was just the general mindset of like I, uh, uh, that you were working on before you launched this campaign? Uh, so I definitely knew that for the first, you know, week when the campaign campaign starts, I remember not having time to make a post to put it, you know, to, to even put on Instagram. I remember mm-hmm. being so busy that I, that I didn't have my materials ready. And I thought, Oh my God, I wish someone had told me. And so this time I have, um, posts like, I've got posts ready to populate Instagram. I've got imagery that I can use for Facebook. So I've got some of the actual imagery and the the campaign stuff ready. I have some emails ready. I've got my email list segmented now. So what I did prior to this where I kind of, I know that these are the people who funded the last campaign and these are the people that tend to open stuff. And so I've got that all sitting there waiting. I still have to do a little bit of tweaking on the emails. They're not totally done, but I still haven't sent this Kickstarter, Hey, it's live information to my regular list. So I plan on doing that in the next few days. And, um, so I did all of that kind of pre stuff more than there, there, I can tell you already, I'm seeing where I could have done things a little bit better. (laughs) Like I have had people already reach out to me and say, one of the decks is going to be with a digital guidebook. And my, my stretch goal was we'll turn that digital guidebook into an app. If we hit this this number and we hit it already Mm. and which is great because I'm really excited to create an app but the people are already commenting and saying to me hey we don't want an app and we don't want a digital guidebook we want a physical but a physical guidebook (laughs) and I know on the on the this side of the screen that I did not leave enough space in my campaign for that particular stretch goal sure right And so I left it for the ones that I was planning. And so I'm already seeing, well, I could have, you know, I could have surveyed or I could have figured Mm -hmm. that, that out prior. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's always something. Yeah. Three days in, I'm already being like, oh no. But but I mean, that's great, right? This is how we learn. And that just means that there's opportunity in the future to do that as some, as a secondary Mm -hmm if that's what people are asking for. Right, right. Was was there any metrics you were looking for before you launched? Just like hard metrics, like, hey, we want to have 3,000 email signups, particularly for this, or we want to Facebook (laughs) ads. I don't know. Was there any metrics you were looking at before you launched? Yes, I was um, keeping a like a pre-launch list for people who would be interested in the deck specifically that wasn't connected to anything else that I do. And I hit, when I hit a thousand people, I, I... I clicked play on the, on the Kickstarter. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Very good. What, what was some of your ways of um, gauging their interest, knowing that they would um, be excited about the campaign? So I, it was really just, gosh, I, I mean, it was really just the back and forth on Instagram. I'm, I'm Instagram is like my main platform that I use for any kind of promoting. And so it was the back and forth on Instagram. It was seeing the 
the comments and the likes and the impressions go up on the cards. Mm -hmm. And then I started to put the card images in between other images, like let's say every five or every six. And I, as soon as I saw really the interest is on the cards and I saw that start to go up and spike, I knew that it was okay. The, the people are coming back or they're, they're following me for this. Right. Um, so that, so that, I mean, that was, and that's also, gosh, I, I hate to say this cause it sounds like Trump, but it was a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. a feeling. Sorry about, about that. Everybody out there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was, there, there was a feeling, you know, I'm Canadian. So I'm allowed yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why I'm apologizing. It's, yeah. ooh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we have nothing um, but shame as we, <laughs> I, and, and, like all my clients are basically international on the stuff. And I'm just, I'm so sorry about everything. Yeah. <laughs> We're a mess right now. So, oh, so that so there's a feeling, you know. I was like, okay, there, the interest is here for sure. And there was also, you know, what I also had put so much time and effort into it that when I did my pricing on the Kickstarter, it wasn't like a profit. I'm going to make. Pro, I'm, I'm, it wasn't. It wasn't a profit model for yeah. my first. I mean, I really treated it like a Kickstarter. I had the option to do pre-orders. A lot of people in my industry will just take pre-orders mm-hmm. and then, you know, they'll, they'll do all of the same marketing, but they'll just do pre-order sales. And I thought, you know, I really want to, I wanted to do the Kickstarter for, because you get, you get some good metrics back from that. Yeah. It's and worth it. it. And, you and know, if you ever want the insiders, the insiders, uh, like they'll support everything. They'll, they'll champion you. It's almost like you're, uh, it's like the old school street teams. Yes. You know, like if, if you're trying to, you know, move t-shirts at a concert, you know, you got to get your street team ready to go. It's the, yeah. that, I think for digital, I, that's, that's why I always suggest everybody, if you've got a new product, tr- find a way to do Kickstarter. Um, there's just, it's, it's just another animal, but the metrics are so good. Yes. Yeah. You get so much information. You get, you get the community support. And I am really, you know, some people, you notice it, you notice it when a creator is doing it for the, for all of the metrics and all of the good, all of the good perks of Kickstarter. And they're so disengaged with their community either right afterwards or they're super, uh, you know, they're unengaged, uh, even during really, Mm -hmm you see the difference, you feel the difference. And when you're buying from a creator who is really like, I am, you're championing me, you're championing, championing me. And I am loving you to death for doing yep. it. You know, there's, and that, that in the moment when you're kickstarting is the moment when you have the opportunity, I'm going to speak pure marketing for a second, not even, you know, all of the heart stuff aside, it's like you are building your people for life. Those are the mm-hmm. people who are going to keep coming back to you yep. because they're supporting you. They're, you know, they're, they're preaching what you're selling. You're, you're, you're in a position where you can do the updates and the live updates. And it's just such an amazing way to build community that if you're into that as a creator, I can't imagine doing anything else. I, yeah. I love that. I love that aspect of the work. Yeah. So, I, I, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I get it, man. That we, that's what we love here is, is we'll take like 200 people who are passionate over like, 2000 yes. random emails. Like, Absolutely. You know, I want yeah. 200 people who are like sharing and actually commenting because I, I was talking to somebody the other day about the whole, the Holy grail I try to get to is where I'm getting comments on Facebook ads that are basically writing my next round of comments, right? Like they're commenting what yeah. I'm going to put in their next things. So, so like my audience is literally telling me what to advertise. I, how do you get better than that? Like, yeah, you know. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's such a beautiful, I mean, it's such a new, interesting way to launch. This is not, it's, um, 
You have to, though, of course, you have to be a little bit open. You have to be vulnerable. You have to, you have to do all of those things that feel scary as a creator, right? It's like putting your work out there to be judged. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, totally. And that's hard for a lot of people. That's really hard. So what happens, you know, obviously you got the 30 days to go. It takes a few days for the money to drop from Kickstarter. And, and, but what happens, let's just say in 45 days, the money's in the bank account. What starts to happen? How do you get uh, these decks into people's hands? So for me, the, the decks are not completely done. So I will be spending the next three months for sure. Um, finishing the first deck so the one that kind of showed up mm-hmm. that was faster but the other one is much more it's uh laborious i mean it's, it's got the illustration piece so there's a it's art it takes longer and um and so the kickstarter money allows me to finish it quicker first of all because i'll be able to say i'm doing three months this full time i don't need to don't need to take on any other work right, right? which right. is great and then after that there's a huge amount of the behind the scenes, getting the files ready, communicating with the printer, figuring out, you know, all of the finishes and the box and the packaging. And there's, there's those details, the packaging alone, it it can be a big project that people tend to underestimate. So there's a lot of work that needs to go into that part of it. And then there are the the best, I have to say, (laughs) the best part of the whole process. And this is, this is going to sound, I mean, it's, I love, of course, when you, when you see that you've reached your goal and when you finally get funded and then there's that part when you get your money and and you can actually start, you know, I I have to procure an app designer. Mm -hmm. And so I can start to do all of that stuff, but there is this amazing moment when if you're ship if you're, if you're getting it manufactured if you're not actually doing it in your in your office with your own hands there's this amazing feeling when you send it off to get manufactured and you know yeah. that it's going to be for me it's 40 days right so i just wait and it's like i have 40 days to just sort of that's when i bask yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's done and right. now it's it's so exciting and all you just have 40 days to just build your own excitement for it being in your hands. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's really yeah, awesome. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what happens. And so that's the plan. And I'm so looking forward to those 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're around the corner here in, in a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, so what kind of looks like, what is your like five-year plan with this? Is it building a, a bunch of different decks? Is it different series? Do you have different ideas down the road? Is it, mm. wh- where do you see yourself in the next five years or so? This is such a funny question because I have been, I mean, I, like I said, I come from this traditional agency kind of business and I always knew what the plan was. And ever since I shook it up and did my first Kickstarter, I've never really known. I I can see this sort of bigger group of products. Mm. I would love to, um, and I think that I'll get there with this, with this Kickstarter to have the time to just spend some time writing, mm. to spend some time creating some workbooks. I have some online courses that I've done in the last last couple of years. And so the combination of the digital products, the, the live teaching and the pre-recorded teaching mm. has been great, but it hasn't given me enough to not, to not pause from constant production. Yeah. And so what I see is, you know, I kind of looked at all my numbers and I thought, okay, if I had... I have my deck and that's got consistent sales, which is great. My first one, Mm -hmm. if I had that times two or three, then I would be super, you know, I would be wonderfully set to be able to take some time out, 
write the book that I've always wanted to write, create the, you know, just, so that's kind of, that's not really a plan, is it? That's just sort of a, a, a work plan or a work yeah. dream. So, or a... Yeah, no, it's great. No, I mean, it, no matter what, you never know. So yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But you got to at least have s- some rudders maybe on it just a little bit, you know, yeah. bouncing it back and forth, but that's great. It's really awesome. So uh, where can people find out more information? How can outside of the Kickstarter, how can people dive into your world, see what you're working on and, and kind of uh, digest what you got going on? So I do have, I mean, I have a website. It's chris-ann.com. That's Chris, just the way a guy would spell it, dash A-N-N-E.com. However, the best place to connect with me or to find me and to see what's actually going on in my world is Instagram for sure. And my Instagram handle, gosh, I wish I could change it. I've been trying to get my name for it ever. <laughs> it's Pixie Curio. P-I-X-I-E-C-U-R-I-O. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Christine, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know it's busy and uh, this was a great, great conversation and uh, I wish you nothing but success and uh, continue good luck in the next 30 days here. You, you, You might have a big campaign on your hands here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Honestly, I'm honored that you that you reached out to me and you know, just thrilled that you did. And thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Bye. All right. How about that conversation? I told you Chris Ann was awesome. This was a great, great conversation. I definitely felt like we bonded on a, on a spiritual level to some degree, right? We, we, we saw some, some synergy there. Um, really great conversation. Uh, Chris Ann, again, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And again, if you're out there, go over to Kickstarter right now, become a backer, subscribe to her project, um, and, and try this out for yourself. I think this would be a great project for, um, for, for, for maybe you to put on. I don't know. Who knows, right? So yeah, the Light Sears Tarot. Go over on Kickstarter now and check that out. All right, the song we're listening to is a song called Out of My Life. I don't think anybody's ever heard it. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not. It was on this album called The Sugar Roses Collection that I never really released, but I have a to-do to release it. I have a to-do for the end of this month to put it up on Spotify, but I'll probably move that to-do. I don't know. Um, All right, guys. Well, enjoy the song and uh, enjoy the rest of the week, and I will talk to you all later. So much time Another minute with you Can make me lose my mind So you can go to hell That's where you belong I can't believe I took the time To write you this song